Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. And today I'm very pleased to be joined by two gentlemen. Uh, first of all, uh, for those of you that listen to the podcast live from Gartner in the UK, uh, you've heard from Hugh Skingley before. Welcome, Hugh, back from Livingston. And Thanks, Patrick. Martin. Thank you, thank you, Hugh. And Patrick Phillips. Uh, Patrick was one of the gentlemen that was encouraged us to go down to Australia to do our first conference. So, for those poor, unsuspecting Australians that have now got an ITM review conference, you've got Patrick to blame uh, from DXC. Um, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining the podcast. Um, thank you. If I could come to you first, Hugh, for those that are not familiar, could you give a quick introduction to yourself and um, and who are Livingston? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, Hugh Skingley, I'm a, I'm a senior consultant um, at, at Livingston. I tend to get involved in um, the sort of the, the front end, so process design, um, discussions about technologies and data movements um, and, and those kind of aspects that you need to, to, to sort of feed and water a service properly. My, my background's, oh, I'm, I'm sort of IT service management. I've come through that route um, a, a long time ago. I think I think I first started getting involved in sort of SAMI stuff around Y2K um, and, and it sort of developed from there really so kind of man and boy uh, in, in this side of things and and um <clears throat> yeah i've ended up at uh, livingston um who are a managed service provider in the software asset management space um effectively helping you know large typically large and complex organizations uh, get the information they need to, to support them with things like compliance and license optimization um we're we're, we're an interesting kind of position we're a, we're a data agnostic service which which will probably feature in this discussion so we we um we take data from whatever tool sets the customers have available to them to you know generate uh, generate our outputs and that can include some tools but some customers don't have them so hopefully that'll be useful for this conversation and i've heard that you've um been working in the us for a while and obviously what we'll do is explain the partnership between you two companies in a second but obviously you're expanding into other regions such as australia as well yes yes so uh, yeah really happy got patrick on from um from dxc so yeah we're, we're building out relationships now having sort of established ourselves in in the uk we've got we've got a, a growing sales team and and delivery team in uh, the states and we're yeah we're, we're using dxc uh, in australia as, uh, and working with them to, to deliver out there as well yeah no, and i can talk to that in a moment as well Cool. So welcome uh, again, Patrick. Um, do you want to give an introduction to yourself and uh, a, a, an introduction to DXC as well? Oh, I, it's not walking along beaches and drinking pina coladas. That's not the <laughs> angle you want me to go for. No. <laughs> so, um, so, so I work for um, DXC as the Solution Director for Software Asset Management and Oracle Licensed Services for one of DXC's integrated practices called Red Rock. Um, so bit of history for Red Rock. Red Rock has always been a um, organization focused on uh, Oracle and supporting customers through that uh, 
Oracle journey, whether it's on-premise cloud, whatever the, whatever the customer's um, flavor of Oracle is. Within that, um, as we all know, Oracle is a vendor that does focus on audits. And out of that, Red Rock built a capability around supporting customers proactively in managing their Oracle licenses. And it came to pass that when I joined the organization about four or five years ago, um, bringing a lot of my software asset management background, having worked um, on the compliance side, worked, worked on customer site, helping customers through that SAM maturity journey over the last 15 years, it seemed a simple um, step. If customers have Oracle challenges, usually the underlying causes of that are the same underlying causes that give you challenges with other software vendors. So from that, part of my role as the solution director was to build out that capability around software asset management. Um, so that that has been um, our focus over the last three or four years to the point now that um, we have a very strong relationship um, with Livingston Tech, but DXC as a global organization also has um, a global partnership with Flexera and also has um, partnerships locally with Snow Software. Um, DXC also is one of the largest partners for ServiceNow. So I think our position, and this is a unique um, opportunity where Hugh will represent the managed service provider, and hopefully I can give some aspects around um, a tool selection process or, 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 or a tool aspect. So that's that's kind of where we are. So now, DXC are a, a big integrator, and I remember, them, I remember seeing them at the um, uh, Knowledge Conference back in April, I think it was, in Las Vegas. Um, Big company and many people will be familiar, familiar with them. But for those that are not, what who are DXC? That's it's like a culmination of a number of different brands underneath there, isn't there? Yeah. So 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 DXC has almost eighteen months into its um, rebranding. So um, Computer Science Corporation or CSC um, merged with HP Enterprise Services. So the old EDS business of um, HP. So those two organisations merged, um, and really. Now, uh, well, at least in the Australian New Zealand space, as the number one um, systems integrator, I think globally we're number two. So it's a very large uh, organization, and we help customers on that uh, uh, digital transformation. That's very much a focus. So very large outsource contracts. We're managing um, the largest brand names globally, certainly in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, you know, you, you think of uh, any organization uh, on the main street and they're likely to be a DXC um, uh, customer in some way. So very large organization, which does um, mean that we have a responsibility to deliver some of the, the services around software asset management um, in those contracts as well. So that's how we support uh, those customers. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the relationship we have with Livingston. So, you know, 15, 16 years I've been in the business, I've had an opportunity to look at a number of tools and also have a look at a number of services. And, and, and I think Livingston is the one that sort of encapsulates all of the goals that we had for our customers. And, you know, one thing that um, we try and focus on with the customers is giving them the information they need to make an informed decision when it comes to um, SAM outcomes. And we felt that Livingston provided that for a lot of our um, um, customers. So we have, um, existing managed service customers um, that that we're supporting, that Livingston supports those customers uh, via us. We also have some very strong tactical engagements around audit defence or just those proactive, uh, effective licence positions. So that exclusive relationship that Livingston has with us in Australia and New Zealand, I think, is beneficial for both parties and ultimately then beneficial for the customer. And how would you 
how would you i'd like to ask a question of both of you how would you both rate the australian market obviously patrick you're in up to the neck in it and you're arguably in the woods and you you can see, you can see <laughs> yeah. it from a distance so uh, how yeah. how do you how do you both rate the australian market in terms of global sam and itam whoa i mean I, interesting it's interesting it's, it's funny because that that question like a year ago it, it, it might have been easy to unpick but with everything that's kind of i'm going to muddy it now aren't i everything that's going on with like cloud and it transformation and service now there's this kind of there seems to be a bit more of a global move towards you know uh, service now or, or, or people buying a central platform all their data going into it much more itam um but i mean patrick can probably talk more to the, the amount of audits that are going over there there's still a desire to to get the data they need to to get the estate under control to get you know understand the license position all that stuff feeds into the same picture so from where i'm standing um it, it the outputs that livingston are providing to dxc are, are the same um I, I suppose the 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 nuances that patrick can talk to about the, the level of audit activity um that, that's going on out there yeah you know and I, I suppose the the way i can look at it um i had the benefit of working in europe for 15 years and, and so a big portion of my sam um uh, training was really in the european market and when i first moved back to australia and new zealand um it was fair to say there was a complete lack of focus or, or or a lack of maturity when it came to software asset management for people wanted to understand what the licenses were um, a lot of the big organizations were rolling out tools and all those types of things but um, my view and it's changed since then but my initial view is that um, Australia and New Zealand are probably three or four years behind where Europe and the US were that that view has changed completely over the last 18 months I think a lot of that is that there's um, a drive with the organizations I'm speaking to is they want to catch up they want to, you know, they've had the opportunity to sort of skip a maturity step by looking at what's happening in the rest of the world and say, well, let, let's not go through that pain. Let's start at this point. Um, I think the one area that potentially we hear um, are a little bit behind is I think the major reason that organizations are starting that um, internal question about why do we need software asset management? Why do we need a SAM tool? It's off the back of vendor audits. And I think there is a lot of activity um you, you you name the vendor and and you know a lot of auditing is happening the conversations i'm having with customers is, is it becomes you know you know uh, multi-engagements in a single year type approach where vendors are in there trying to generate revenue from from their organization so i think the desire to catch up with what the rest of the world is happening is is what i'm hearing day in day out but i think the reason for sam is still focused more more on uh, compliance than say when when I was in Europe when people were sort of looking at we've got these huge um, software estates we want to you know save money against that estate that's still a reason organisations want Sam but I don't think it's the driving or compelling event because of the number of audits that we're seeing at the moment. And could I get your view, Patrick, as well on ServiceNow? Uh, I don't know what you're able to share there, but are you seeing interest from customers around that? <laughs> Um, Hugh and I are both laughing because every conversation <laughs> yeah. we're having with our customers is uh, how do you integrate into ServiceNow? So, so there's two parts of that conversation. Um, there's ServiceNow's own SAM um, tool capability, and I think we all agree that you know that's maturing. Um, they're probably not where they they are against some of the competitors, but there is a desire there from ServiceNow to invest in that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then the other part of that conversation is well. 
um, we've got ServiceNow as our standard ITSM tool. Um, what can you do to enhance what we've got there? So those are really the conversations we're getting involved in, which is exciting because um, there's more people talking about SAM than there has ever been. So, yeah, so yeah. That, that's great news. And I think, yeah, the I, 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 sorry to interrupt you, I, I, might, I might have said yeah. this before on the podcast, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but the other thing to consider as well is, yeah, okay, ServiceNow's SAM capabilities might not be 100% compared to the others, but the average maturity of the ServiceNow customer is not that great either. So they're still looking at things like Adobe and, you know, they're looking at the low-hanging fruit, yeah. which which they're talking, yeah. you know, you, you shouldn't compare eggs to eggs or apples to yeah. oranges or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I think ServiceNow is the gorilla in the, you know, in the market at the moment because they're the ones that, you know, have the customers, um, you know, the majority of the customers' ITAM processes already tied up with the ServiceNow tool. Yeah. So, so it makes sense that they can... Um, grow with those customers through their SAM journey. You know, yeah. I think it's I, I think it's a it's a great opportunity. One, uh, I think, and we'll talk a little bit about this. I'm assuming the challenges of getting the right people. Um, I think if ServiceNow brings the market up, that's going to attract more people into the SAM space as well. Yeah, one thing is just just uh, one thing that's interesting in in terms of that, I, I I agree. I think I think there's it, it's we're getting exposed to the IT service managers, um, but but in some ways that's good. I mean, you know, I've been banging on for years about it, it you know the process is important um you, you, you know you need to look, you need to look there first before you do the other stuff and so it's really weird you've got this kind of mishmash of the the service now it service managers coming into sam with the new features but they're more bothered about the process so normally at a kickoff for a, for a managed service for livingston it's much more about how do we get the data and and the and the, the service managers and people we're talking to now about how do you integrate it into my processes so it, i i got to say in some ways that's that's a really good thing just on the uh just on the under resourced bit this is from um stephen white from gartner Speaking at the uh, September, he says September 2018, so I'm guessing that's the USA Gartner Conference. And he said mm -hmm. his quote is, we, you, we are riding a wave of technology adoption that compels stronger management, yet 90% of SAM functions remain under-resourced. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's quoted as saying somewhere that there's 10,000 global asset managers, which is nowhere near enough. Um so yeah, I think nine thousand nine hundred and ninety of those are uh, outside Australia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, massive. I mean, but we've known that for a long time. But um, yeah, it's it's good to see the numbers. Well, you know, we're, we're, and I won't go into the customer details. But you know, the the, the active um, conversations we're having with customers, a lot of it is around resource uh, as a service. So yeah. can you give us the capability or the expertise that we're currently lacking in-house to complement what we're doing with an existing SAM tool. That's a conversation that's having more and more and more. And, that, and that's often led by the ServiceNow piece or it's, it's um, organizations that have had Flexera implemented for a very long time and realizing that um, it's very hard to retain some of those resources because high demand, high value, therefore they, they tend to be poached more quickly. So. There's a lot more conversations about resources as a service that we're looking at when it comes to software asset management as well. So if we could dig into um, the the costs of SAM tools and in particular the hidden costs, which is, which is a topic I know you, you guys are keen to discuss. Um, 
First of all, I think it might be worth saying for the, for the sake of transparency and independence, it's almost like you would say that because you're <laughs> trying to sell a service and, you know, the, 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 the tool manufacturers are probably shouting at their podcast players saying, you know, you would say that. So w- where do you stand in terms of SAM tool implementation? And, and let, let's get let's clear the deck in terms of independence. Uh, yes. I suppose you and I could potentially be having an argument here, but we won't. I'll let you. You can let me go. Yeah. So, so I think I think I'm, I'm trying to you know I'm trying to wrap it in that you know Livingston's a data agnostic service provider. It, it's it's you know our our goal is 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 the outcome. If we can generate the right outcome um, <clears throat> for a customer and avoid them having to buy, let's not call it a SAM tool, a, a technology, then then that's great. That's part of our ROI. At, having said that, um, we a lot of our customers have SAM tool sets they, and they bought them for perfectly justifiable reasons. There's, there's lots of reasons we'll probably talk about as we go through. The other thing is we, we do also increasingly uh, deliver wraparound services. I mean, ServiceNow is the obvious one with the markets pulling us that way but we but we have customers that that we are now effectively doing a feeding and watering service um, around things like flexera and snow uh, and, and a spare to be honest because if we go back to what patrick was just talking about that resource as a service that's a that's a gap in the market you know so if we can process entitlement or whatever data is needed to feed and water those tool sets and make sure it gets the right outcome we'll do it i guess just cards on the table our our roi model it's better if, if we can avoid the customer having to do that. But but you know there's there's lots of reasons why customers buy SAM tools. Perfectly valid. So so she, I'm just thinking you must go into new accounts, and when you ask them what technology they have, you must think, oh thank God, or oh my God, you know what what's the what's the thing you most like to find? Um, ah, that's really interesting. Now, oh, sort of, the thing we most like to find, ironically, are uh, mature contract management solutions because that that is that that's the thing that is, is always the most difficult getting access to entitlement and and procurement and contract records so so i've sort of gone a bit right there haven't i but having if a customer's got a, you know they've gone through a kind of a, a, a an implementation of a contract management system and they've got processes to capture that entitlement properly and that kind of thing that that's the thank god part or if, if they've got a sam tool and and someone's been diligently populating it with the entitlement um, we, we can then take it out and do and actually read it, which no one does, um, you know, and, and start generating proper license positions. So, so I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to rank the, the the tools, you know, because they've all got different strengths and weaknesses. They're all some of them are easy to use in some aspects, some of them are harder in others. Um, but um, no, well, it, it's yeah, about, it's about data up on that, well. That's kind of thing, yeah. Because because you know I'm agreeing with what you're saying, which is a little bit concerning, but. Um, <laughs> You know, we have, we have a similar position. It is about the outcome. Um, and as I said, look, DXC has global relationships with central providers. So, you know, we have a vested interest if, if we're going to be completely transparent and customers choosing a SAM tool because that's great for us. But my, my position is, is, is very simple. What's the outcome the customer's looking for? Because we know that whatever SAM tool or service they choose, they're going to get that outcome. The question is, when do you want it? And I think that's where having a, an approach that sort of takes a lot of the pieces that Hughes talked about can actually accelerate. So what, 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 so, do you, what do you, can we unpick that? What, what, what do you mean by that? When do you want it? Well, it's about, um, I think one of the, the traditional challenges with any technology is the implementation time and effort to do that. So when, when we look at 
you know, greenfield opportunities with customers that, um, and, and there's a few more of those likely in Australia and New Zealand than there is the rest of the world, but, you know, we, we can talk to them about, let, let's forget about the technology at this point in time. Let's get them to focus on what, what's driving their decision to, to implement software asset management. Um, what do they want as, a, as, a, as an outcome? And what we've found from our experience is if, that we can roll out a managed service and connect it to the, to the, to the data feeds that service needs, we can get a faster return on investment. So that's the when question. Um, if customers, and we certainly have customers said, no, we, we want to we own a tool, we want to manage the tool. Um, we're very plain with them that yes, you will get the outcome, but now you have to sort of um, think about all of those. And that's probably the, the topic of this, this whole podcast. What are the hidden costs of that sound tool? But also what's the time and effort required to get the outcome? Because you need to factor that in as opportunity lost, opportunity cost uh, loss and all those types of things. So um, that when is, is a big question when we, when we talk to to customers because our belief is that you know working with the Livingston crew and what we've been able to deliver in the past is that it's, a, it's an accelerated process to maturity when it comes to sand yeah. and especially if you if you buy any kind of solution and then we go back to the thing which keeps coming up which is the lack of resources there's that massive realization that you 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 might you might have you know you might have the car but you don't have the drivers or the pit crew or whatever it's that kind of thing as well which slows the whole thing down so and why is it a concern in the first place? Why is this a, a passionate subject for you guys? What, why uh, can you maybe share some war stories of people that have not anticipated these secret costs? Oh, I've got a massive one. But can I talk about it? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to really white label this one. I, I, I did. I did an engagement. I've done a couple of engagements actually, but one of them was to. Um, assess an implementation of a solution. Um, and which had been going on for several years, um, and, and and it 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 unfortunately the whole the whole premise was was it was going to be an all singing all dancing fully integrated solution. You know, definitely drunk the Kool Aid, bought bought the dream and the vision, and and the figures that that had been sunk into getting the solution working were you know astronomical yeah I, I mean i don't even want to say how big they were but it was it was an absolutely gigantic spend in terms of consultants looking at integration building environments uh, maintenance because the engagement had taken so long uh, you know consultant consultants were coming and going from that company trying to get the thing working it was all just spinning hugely out of control i know that's a bit vague but there was it was a really huge implementation and um there's lots of reasons that we'll, we'll probably talk about coming up where you know it was all about the long-term vision there were no short-term goals put in place uh, no one knew what good looked like um it was it was a it was a yeah it was a real horror show to be honest so they, they do exist we also get rfps now and we, we have done actually increasingly over the last sort of 12 months which which are basically rescue missions so um a a large organization has been with you know one of the big tool sets for a couple of years and and they've hit all the problems we're going to talk about and they now need to make it you know save it get some roi but but unfortunately that means by throwing some more money at the problem so so it, it is happening we're definitely okay. seeing and, and look maybe I, I can sort of jump in there with just some of the experiences that we're seeing as well so so i think it all comes down to organizations under, underestimating the effort and overestimating the benefit that, that that's kind of that whole um, um, honeymoon time when it comes to any of these technology decisions. So we've got organizations that have gone out, purchased the tool, 
got to the point of implementation. It's taken longer than they wanted, but they're reluctant to move off that because you know they've invested so much time and effort and probably blood and sweat and tears as well to get it up and running. And what we tend to see is underutilization of a tool. So they will, they will say, well, look, um, it took us so long, we'll just manage this handful of vendors and we won't worry about the rest of them. And, and, and that sort of also creates an opportunity for us as well to sort of complement what they're doing. And that's what Hughes just talked about. Um, but I think a lot of organizations are trying to get the most out of that, you know, the typical desktop um, SAM approach, which, which I'm seeing. And I think it's um, driving some other conversations within organizations. The rest of the business saying, well, we invested so much money in a SAM tool but we're not getting the benefits we expected. What can you do to improve that? Um, so, uh, and this uh, anecdotal, obviously, but my, my feeling is SAM tools certainly have a, a strong place um, with our Australian and New Zealand organisations. And you know, the SAM tool providers have done a great job selling the benefits of SAM. Um, I think um, that underestimation and overestimation at the time of implementation um, is something that we're having to support them with at this point in time. So, you know, we we, we do that in multiple different ways, but you know, we, we can maybe dive into that later if, if that's necessary. Yeah. And, and there's, I mean, there's a few, just on that as well, there's a few, there's a few kind of classics as well, which, which will probably come up about, you know, making the right decision, actually sitting down and thinking about what you need from the solution in the first place. Um, but, you know, buying a tool set and then realizing that, you know, 40% of your environment isn't covered by it for lots of different reasons and, and that that's then you just end up in this situation where you've just got you've got as the buyer of, of said solution you've got egg on your face and you're having to just figure out ways it's almost like politically you can't raise your hand and say I messed up so there's, there's quite a few people in that boat as well yeah yeah I'd agree with that so what if you were going into a um, new estate you, you mentioned about overestimating the potential upside how how what, what what have you, I mean, I know people like use a Gartner statement or something and say, right, we're going to get 30% back of our estate uh, in, in a year. Uh, so so wh how do you bring that back down to earth? How do you make that more pragmatic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to add something in here first. Yeah. I think a lot of organizations, when they're going through that process of building the business case and justifying software asset management, um, depends on how they feel about Gartner. So if they've got a um, strong regard internally for Gartner, they will certainly bring in that 30% cost savings as part of their business model. Um, we, we did something independently. You know, we, we have a, a, an Australian New Zealand research house that um, did a SAM survey, and we wanted to validate that 30% because that, that's a global 30% and there wasn't really any specific research in Australia and New Zealand. Um, the numbers that we got, um, and this was a, a sort of a sample size of about four or five hundred IT managers. Um, they've kind of got savings between the fifteen to twenty percent range um, across the the SAM spent, which is still a massive amount of money when you look at these organisations. And I think that's part of it. Um, that overestimation is that um, maybe they've relied too much on Gartner and they haven't got the same experience, and then the business starts jumping on them because, well, you said you're going to save thirty percent, but we've saved ten percent. You know, so so I think that's probably that overestimation. So at this point, yeah. other analyst firms are available. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, of, of course. Of so course. I'm guessing, yeah. so maybe, I mean, one of the, you know, we all know the sort of, um, one of the, not pitfalls, but one of the sort of benefits of doing a, a new SAM engagement is, is the Pandora's effect, is that you find a load of stuff that you didn't know that you're going to have an issue with, 
um, and and you know you much as you're much more likely to find risk as you are savings. So I guess yep. is that saying I you probably get thirty percent savings, but you have to moderate that with ten percent of huge risk that we just found in shortfalls. Yeah, you have to you have to go through it. Um, and I think that's why it's a really interesting time at the moment um, for for software asset management full stop. As the last you know the the last sort of five ten years, there have been things like yeah the thirty percent cost savings number, which a lot of consultants have probably made a decent careers out of, to be brutally honest. Um, and and you know the other the other one which doesn't come up much, but it's been a massive driver is internal audit as well. There, internal audit. If you look at internal audit um, requirements for organisations, there's there's five or six very clear statements about you must have you know uh, visibility of all the software and hardware in your environment. You must have a register of the software that you've purchased, and that yeah, and that turns into a ticket by IT security requirements yeah. and all those types of things. Yeah. Yeah, and it becomes a tick in the box exercise that when you translate it into an RFP for a solution, a, 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 the tool story plays into very nicely. So, so, so again, that's 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 supposed to be a, a sort of a, an objective statement. Um, but, but yeah, those those drivers are now are now fundamentally changing because it's 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 in cloudland. It's actually ironically, it's much more about the data rather than you know, license positions and, and, and that kind of thing. And we're all having to sort of scramble a little bit to, to, to keep up with the, the changing demands. But yeah, the, the, that, that I, I think it depends. So you need to do, what were we saying? You, need, you do need to do a scoping exercise when you start this. You need to think about what you want the tool yeah. or the solution to do fundamentally before you just jump in and buy, you know, buy the roadmap or buy the vision or drink the Kool-Aid. Well, I think, you know, if we put a penny in the jar every time we mention the word outcome, you know, we could probably, you know, <laughs> well, buy a sample. But, but, but it does come to, so your question was about that overestimation. And I think the more time an organization spends drilling into what do they want to get out of the SAM uh, approach that they're looking at, that's, that's where the value is. Because part of that process means they have to sell it internally. They have to talk to the business. They have to talk to stakeholders to actually... Um, get a concise understanding of what the organization's outcome is as opposed to the individual's outcome. So, you know, and, it, and it's and typically they, they, it's common. I mean, you've talked about the risk. That, that's certainly a driver. You've talked about cost savings. But there's, uh, you know, internal ITSM efficiencies. It's about refining processes. All of those things have a value to an organization that may not just be that 30%. So I, I would argue with with organizations when they're, when they're deciding to make a decision on SAM, spend a lot of time talking to the people touching software, talking to the people touching those processes to find out what the outcome is. What what does the organization want, as, as I said, before, instead of just what you as a SAM manager wants? Yeah, so yeah that's I, sort of top down versus bottom up, isn't it? So, could yeah. I put you both on the spot for a second? Um, could I ask you to come up with your top three, re, or top three hidden costs you think that would come out of a uh, item implementation. So, what's what are the three top things you think are likely to come out and bite you on the bum if you haven't acted them into your budget? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, it's, it's it's the one we mentioned right. If I go, first. <laughs> sorry, Patrick, was it three each or three between <laughs> us? Or um, uh, uh, the, the 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 bit when we do sit down and actually talk to people about this, actually, the the the, the real killer is is the resources because that that those numbers stack up really quickly. 
So um, if, if you th it would apply to any solution, actually. What's required to feed and water this solution? Well, you, you, need, you need some kind of overall process owner. That would be the SAM manager. That, that's fine. That's a given. But you're going to need an administrator, some kind of data analysis, you know, making sure that the data that's in there is, is, uh, is good, some kind of technical resources to wire it up. Um, and then some kind of technical resources to support the environment it sits in. Uh, and, and there's probably a few more, you know, people to feed and water it. So data population, all those kind of lights on activities that if you just scribble those down very, very quickly, that's not on the PO for any 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 technology solution. And that that's that's really significant um, as, as a starting point. So that's kind of the I suppose that's the. the no, the, no, the, no the, wait, 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 you've got to initiate. Because <laughs> now I know why you got them first. Because because that yeah. would be my number one as well. Yeah. It's, it's about underestimating. Yeah. Come on, come on, yeah. come on Patrick, you've got to come up with three as well. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you are putting me on the spot. Look, yeah, I think the hidden costs of software and SAM tools there aren't that hidden anymore. Yeah. Um, because everybody, you know, whether it's implementing, you know, a service desk tool, whether it's in, in, in implementing SAM tool, it's the same challenges. It's not just the licensing costs, it's the ongoing maintenance costs. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, investing in implementation services. It's investing in upgrading that, that service over time, which is going to potentially be more license cost. It's the growth of the user population is going to yes. drive yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, those costs. So there's a, there's a whole lot of, I think I've got two in, or at least three in there, Martin, so you no, can pick the one good. you want. Um, but, uh, <laughs> look, look, honestly, don't underestimate the cost of the resource. That's your first challenge. And the second challenge is where are you going to find them? You know, th th I think those are the big questions um, organizations are, are, are trying to um, find answers to at the moment. So, yeah, I think we've done such a great job talking about hidden costs of SAM tool. I think, you know, that's a lot of the, the um, those surprises have gone. Um, that doesn't mean people aren't, st aren't still making mistakes or aren't planning for those things. But I think, um, yep. and Martin, you've done a great job in sort of presenting a lot of that. As yeah. well, I think so. I think Patrick, you actually, you actually talked about one, maybe slightly more conceptual. But if if you, I mean, this is a good practice for Sam managers anyway. Start thinking about things in three and five years because you have to do that with subscription licensing yeah. and cloud and stuff. So so get it down on paper, think about it over three years, and then do what Patrick said at the beginning. Do, do, figure out how long it's going to take you to implement the thing, and then and then subtract that from your ROI. Because because if it's going to take you nine, 10, 12 months to get it up and fully functioning, that's a big chunk out of a three-year cost model. So th those those kind of ways of thinking, I'm you know my consultant brain loves that kind of stuff. But that that is a big hidden cost. It's like we can we can we can add it all up and say it's you know it's X. But then if it's going to take us a year to get it working, that's X minus one year. That's yeah. yeah. And and the the, the yeah you know, it's probably rather depressing, especially if you're trying to build a business plan. But I've heard of very competent, mature ITAM shops that are not, they've got no ROI whatsoever. They're just there to stop the bleeding. They're there to stop the growth of spend, not to save it, just to stop it growing. Um, yeah. So it's quite, quite yeah. a very tough challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, and that, that, again, that with, with, with sort of cloud, I start throwing consulting words out like elastic IT and thing, and, and different, <laughs> different, different spend don't, models. Don't need to mention digital. <laughs> yeah, have I said transformation yet? So, bingo. So, so yeah, that that there's an expect we we need to be able to do that as well. You know, there's an expectation that all the support functions need to be able to flex 
with as as the business grows as well so patrick said it as well what about your estate growth what about um you know you know your future the size of your future operation and integration so what the one thing that the one thing that does come up a lot is the data spaghetti thing a lot of these solutions are getting very complicated now uh, and if you have you know have, have bob the wizard come in and wire you up and then he leaves you, you can be in a lot of trouble because if you've got like eight or nine different um data sources wired into your sam tool keeping that lot going is is a you know that that's a you know that, that can be a job for life in a big company and Martin, this may be a topic for another podcast is about you know what is the existing sam will doing about you know encouraging more people to come to, to software asset management so we can deal with some of these resource challenges. So I think that that's that's going to be a huge um, challenge. You've already mentioned, um, you know, a quote from, from Gartner um, about what's happening or a quote from the Gartner event about what's happening um, with resourcing. So I think, you know, that there's probably a topic of conversation in a different podcast, but one that, that certainly, um, you know, close to my heart when it comes to trying to help customers. Yeah, the thing, the other thing, which is quite interesting as well, which is, which, which, which maybe, you know, the paint's not dry. We haven't got enough numbers to do it, but a lot of Sam tools, well, some of them like Flexera, they're, they're trying to turn themselves into a platform rather than, you know, they, they, they're grabbing onto the fact that, you know, all, all the stuff that a lot of the noise and fluff in the Sam industry at the moment is about things like open source actually and and other things so there's all these sort of new waves coming through and and uh, you know the the larger tools are being very acquisitive and turning themselves into platforms to try and address all of those you know tick all of those boxes um so 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 a lot of the functionality now in those suites isn't isn't just for the Sam manager they're trying to go across the piece which is where you know obviously ServiceNow is in that place as well but the, the yeah. so the so we need to see, we need to see over the next year or two how that pans out as well if, if those aspects of the sam solution start start um, being hard to deliver or, or, or increasing costs maybe i'm going to put you on the spot martin because i'm going to ask you a question um and i, I know you're sort of sitting there with your list of questions for you and i but um you know maybe one of the ways to deal with that resource challenges you know what a SAM tool providers doing to invest in AI to try and do a lot of that number crunching, a lot of that repetitive yeah. um, effort. So it frees up, you know, very um, smart people in the SAM world that can sort of apply the knowledge that's been identified by these tools. Because I think, Q, what you're saying is we spend more time trying to make sure the tool works as opposed to working with what the tools provided us. Yeah. So, so what's your view on that? You know, are you seeing or are you having conversations about, you know, increasing AI in the SAM world? Uh, I, but we, we, we did a podcast a little while ago with somebody mentioning it and the fact that it has great potential to do things. Um, but I think, it, I mean, it, I remember seeing a discussion on no LinkedIn. One's investing in it, Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> but no one's investing in it. It's, it's a, conceptually, we've, I've, I've heard those conversations about, yeah, yeah. we should do AI, but I, I haven't heard anyone saying, yes, well, we're going to do but it. But I think that there was a discussion on LinkedIn the other day about it, about, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there was an AI to go in and sniff around and look at your contracts and, but you don't need AI yet because I can tell you that you haven't you haven't agreed how you're going to measure the consumption for that contract. You haven't agreed how you're going to you know manage the cost. I don't. You don't need AI to do oh, that. Oh man, you, 
You've ruined it by bringing intelligence to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, pr so, process so it's, first. It's, it's, almost like, it's almost over engineering, you know, the, the solution. Yep, yeah. But, but I, I, yeah, you're right. I think there's there's massive um, there's massive growth in that area. I, I also think, um, as an industry, we. I'm slowly taking off my Star Trek uniform as we speak now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how how you dressed for, how you dress for podcasts <laughs> is your business, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't get that memo. Especially, especially late at night, um, <laughs> as it is for me and you. Um, yeah, I think as well, as, as an industry, and, and this is some stuff that we're doing as part of the ISO group, I'm, I'm part of WG, WG21, the group that builds standards, is, is to go and play in the sand with other big IT groups like security and ITSM and um, operations and, and go and say, you know, almost go to those communities to say, look, here's a here's a quite a well-paid career in a very similar discipline to what you're into and pull some of those people across from the service desk or pe pull people off from across from finance or other disciplines to say, and almost evangelize about the role to say that we're, we're short of people here, um, these, you know, it's an exciting area and, and you can really get, you can really make a difference. Yeah, because because if, if I look at my um, journey into Sam, it was more um, you fall into Sam. Right. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't go to university to think, well, what what can I do in the software asset management world? It really came about through um, my experience, uh, my initial experience in consulting and and IT that sort of Sam came into play. Yeah. So that's probably a similar journey for most people. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, for for me, it was it was. Um, yeah, some something I had to do as part of being an IT service delivery manager, and it and it and it kind of just just grew out of there. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people do fall into it. But I think I think if yeah, if you've got that sort of ITSM background, you do just have this natural thing in the back of your head smacking you around, saying process, process all the time. Which is which is why I'm quite you know at the beginning of the podcast, I'm quite interested in the the new breed of people that are coming into SAM. They they they've got a process background, whereas a lot of people that are in SAM maybe don't have that process background and and so I wonder, I wonder how that's going to pan out yeah you very kindly um sponsored our conference in sydney at the end of this month um yeah. what's the sort of conversations that you're usually having with the australian companies what are you likely to be talking about do you think sure 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 so i think i, I play a couple of roles look look i'm, I'm not I'm not the sales um guy within the organization that's out there um selling software asset management my, my role is more about um stealing ideas you know thanks you um i've got a few from today's call um it's it's about you know starting a conversation about what they want to do when it comes to software asset management so when you're in the item events um, you already know you've got a captive audience that are interested in the topic you're talking about. So it's more about um, challenges. You know, what do they see as their day-to-day -day challenge? Um, you know, expectations. So it goes back to that, you know, are you getting what you wanted? Um, and then maybe sharing some of the experiences. And, and I oft, the question I often get asked is around help us with Oracle. You know, what, what are some of the challenges going up? And I know we're, you know, we're having lots of conversations around the changes in Java and those sort of things at the moment. We're having lots of conversations around auditing. And often that's the door opener to have a broader conversation. As I said at the start of the podcast, often the challenges that you've got with Oracle are the same challenges that will give you problems with Microsoft and Adobe. So, so that's typically a conversation. 
you can see with that style of conversation, I don't get invited to parties very often. But that's <laughs> that's <laughs> you know that that's where it is. It's trying to find a common ground about you know what they're trying to do with Sam. If it's a brand new someone who doesn't even understand what software asset management is, it's more about you know what's your business dictating. You know the, what the, what do you have to deliver day in day out is, is more of a conversation without going into the Sam detail. Hugh and I are talking at eight o'clock at night to a guy in Australia about Sam, but we don't get to invite him to parties either. <laughs> yeah. Case in point, yeah. Well, maybe we should have a party. I don't know. Yeah. The three of us talking <laughs> Sam and maybe a short party. Just bring the Star Trek uniform. <laughs> On that note, um, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. Um, lovely to talk to you. Uh, see you soon, Hugh, no doubt. And Patrick, look forward to seeing you in the month in Australia. Thank you again for your support. Looking forward to it. No Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks you. Thanks, man. Thanks.